Hey Heritage family, I am super excited to once again gather for prayer and worship and study in God's Word. Because no matter what's been happening in life, these times are moments to pause, to lean back from the complexity, to step away from the busyness, and to sit in His presence. So wherever you're tuning in, the goal is that we encounter Him today as we gather together. And we're going to do that in worship, in prayer, as well as we continue in our study in 1 John, where once again we will see that all we need is love in any dynamic. So I want to invite you to prepare your heart and mind, maybe even specifically ask God to give you eyes to see and ears to hear whatever He wants to show you and speak to you today as we gather together in His name.
Espíritu Santo de Dios Espíritu que vives hoy Queremos escuchar tu voz Tu palabra en la voz Espíritu Santo de Dios Espíritu que vives hoy Queremos conocerte más Tu palabra en el amor Es al oír de dulce voz Hablándole a mi espíritu Transformamos a mi interior Todo mi ser Vienes a mi habitación y sanas hoy solo mi corazón Transformados y cambia mi interior Todo mi ser Changing everything Let us become more aware Of your presence Let us experience The glory of your goodness Let us become More aware Of your presence Let us experience The glory of your goodness Let us become More aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your good let us become let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness with us, Father to the Father, this. Sing out, 
lift your voice and cry Awesome is our strong God Mighty is our God Mighty is our
your voice and cry Awesome is our strong God Mighty is our God Come on, raise your hands Sing out Raise your hands and shout Awesome is our strong God Mighty is our God Hey friends It's great to spend these few moments together with you as we prepare our hearts for the message and continue pressing into worship. You know, when there are these moments of feeling like things are confusing or disappointing or where we're just not really even sure how to press into what's going on around us, it can kind of feel like somebody's turned off the lights on us. Like we just need somebody to light our way to be able to see what is actually going on and how to get where we feel like we need to go. I have felt in these days, as I've struggled with some of those very same things, that uh, a practice which has been super helpful for me might be helpful for you too. Uh, It comes from something called the examine. In the scriptures, in the book of Hebrews, we read that everything is laid open before the Lord. He sees and knows every creature on heaven and everything that's going on. He can reveal what's going on that we can't see. And this practice that I'd like to invite us into today is one that I've used in asking God to reveal, to turn the lights on for me, to see where he is already at work where he's already at work in different places in my life. In fact, around me here, you'll see different tangible examples of where I have seen God at work in my life in recent days. Places like like my workplace here at Heritage, or in my family life, or even in my relationship with him, where he's been so faithful to remind me He is already doing great and wonderful things. Things that if I get too busy or too overwhelmed, I may not even realize they're happening or see them. So I'm gonna lead us in a moment where we simply ask God to shine his light on where he's already at work in our lives. I'll lead us in a moment where I'll invite you to ask him to show you where he's at work in your work, where he's at work in your family, where he's at work in your relationship with him. And I believe that on the other side of that, you'll find this space of assurance because the God who has been at work yesterday in our lives is at work today and will be at work tomorrow. And so we can have confidence that whatever we face, we know he's there with us, he's leading us, and he's doing impossible things in, through, and even for us. So I invite you now, would you pray with me please? Father, Son, and Spirit, we know that you are living and active right now. And so on behalf of my friends today, 
I pray that in these moments you would reveal to us where you are right now and where you have always been and already are at work. I pray for our workspaces. Lord, that you would show us where you are at work in our work. Remind us of how you are using us to make your love and your light real to those around us. For those who are looking for work, show us where you have been active in that search. For those who are frustrated at work, I pray that you would reveal where you are at work for something greater. We thank you for what you have and are doing. And so I pray right now, you would bring to mind where you've been at work in our work. We thank you for that. And I, I pray you would also reveal to us where you have been at work in our families, in our homes. I think of those who Lord, they're desperate for a sense of family and connection. And would you reveal where you have been providing that and active in helping to make that happen? I think of children who are in a space of transition where they're starting to care for their parents. And I pray that you would reveal where you've been doing great and wonderful things there. I think of parents who are walking in a season of transition where where their kids are entering a new stage, maybe going away to school for the first time. Would you please show us how you are and have been at work in each of those circumstances? And so whatever our family life is, God, we lay it before you. And we ask you to shine your light and show us how you are already at work there. Now, Lord, when it comes to our relationship with you, God, where there have been moments where maybe we felt distant or where we've wondered if you really see and know, I pray right now for me and my friends that you would reveal the moments in this past week where you have smiled upon us, where you have been at work in drawing us to you and pursuing us and helping us to see and know and encounter you in ways we didn't even expect and we might have been blind to. So Lord, we pray, shine your light. Show us where you have been active in our relationship with you. God, we're so thankful. So thankful for how you have been active in each of these things. And we say today that we are expectant for how you will continue to work, how you will continue to reveal yourself at work, at home, and in our relationship with you. We don't deserve you. And we're so thankful for what you have done and what you continue to do. Continue to lead us well, we pray. In Jesus' name.
Well, hey there, Heritage family. As always, it is great to be with you this weekend. Whether you are joining us in person at our Rock Island campus or virtually from Kiwani or one of hundreds of living rooms or kitchens or driveways all throughout our cities, I want you to know I am so grateful that you are here. I mean, this has been quite a week, hasn't it? Or maybe we just say this has been quite a year. I mean, many of us would agree with a friend of mine this week who just simply declared, man, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. Bring 2021 on. I mean, I think many of us would say amen to that, right? I mean, this year started with COVID-19 and and follow that up with a quarantine and schools closing. And then as soon as schools are closed, now we get a massive hailstorm and and then a, a derecho hits. I mean, who knew what a derecho was until Monday afternoon, this massive inland hurricane? I mean, my word. And if that wasn't bad enough, then the Big Ten cancels football season. And, and I mean, seriously, even the Cubs have the best record in baseball. I mean, come, Lord Jesus, come, right? I mean, seriously, what is going on? You know, all kidding aside, I recognize this has been a really difficult week for many of us. In fact, many of you, like the Barnes family, have gone days without power. We spent hours out in the yard and with our neighbors cutting up limbs, getting, getting cuts on our arms, trying to, to clean up our properties. And now we find ourselves, as we step into this weekend, working with insurance companies to try to figure out what are they going to cover and what's it going to take to restore our properties to what they were. And I know it's been a really difficult week. It's been hard. But can I tell you, it's been really encouraging for me to watch followers of Jesus, many of you and and me who have used this season to to go above and beyond in loving and serving the people of our neighborhoods, the people of our cities. You know, I was in a physical therapist appointment this this week, and as I was interacting with my therapist and he was treating me, he went on to share with me that he had had a massive tree fall on his roof. I mean, causing significant damage, puncturing the roof. I mean, the the whole nine yards. But as he was sharing with me the damage that his house had incurred, he started to share with me about how one of his neighbors, his neighbor named Greg, who had gone out of his way to come over and to come alongside him and help him clean up. This Greg hadn't had much damage at his place, but he went out of his way to spend hours cutting off tree limbs and, and piling them by the road. And he just raved about the time that he spent helping my therapist get back on his feet. And so I started to ask him, I said, hey, but where do you live? And as he went on to tell me where he lived, I began to realize that I happened to know this Greg, this neighbor, and Greg was a part of the Heritage family. And so as I left that appointment, I pulled out my cell phone and I texted Greg and I said, Greg, you have no idea the impact that you made on this this man and 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 his fiance. And Greg responded back to me. He said, it was a team effort, but it was all for his glory. And you see, that's a beautiful picture of the love of Jesus that's being displayed through you and me and followers of Jesus in the midst of a really difficult season. You see, this has been a tough week, but I am so grateful, I'm so proud of watching the Heritage family spring into action to express the love of Jesus in these days. In fact, that's at the the heartbeat of what we've been exploring over the last few weeks as we've been taking a look at the book of 1 John in this series of conversations that we're just calling All You Need Is Love. And it's this love, the love of Jesus, that we're encountering in this scripture, but we're also exploring what does it look for, for us to encounter the love of God 
but to then extend that same love to those in our family, in our neighborhoods, in our cities. And I'll tell you, Heritage, you're doing it this week. And I am so grateful and proud of you. Now, today, as we jump back into this uh, book of 1 John, we're going to jump into John chapter 3. We're in chapter 2 last week. If you missed any of these so far, I encourage you, jump online here at qc.com. Check those out. This has been a powerful journey for us as we've walked through this book of 1 John. But today, as we jump into chapter 3, I want to tell you right from the beginning that this passage of Scripture has moments that are deeply encouraging to us. And yet, there's moments also in this passage of Scripture that are really challenging for us. And I'll tell you, I love that about Scripture, and I love that about our God, that there are moments when we're reading Scripture where we just sense God's love, and He's encouraging us. He's breathing life into us right where we are. But there's also the reality that God loves us enough to not let us stay there, but to continue to call us to greater intimacy with Him, to greater obedience, to greater surrender. And as we jump into 1 John chapter 3 today, we're going to experience both His loving encouragement, but also a pretty significant challenge. And so let's jump into scripture together. We're going to start in 1 John chapter 3, right there in verse 1. And this is what it said. Listen to these words. It says, see what love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. Let me read that again. See what love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. You know, there are certain passages of Scripture that if you, you look at my Bible, I encourage you as you engage with your Bible, that are like underlined and they're circled and they're highlighted in multiple colors because they're Scriptures that continue to, to speak to us or to encourage us. And, and this is one, I'm telling you, if you have a Bible, I hope you underline and highlight and circle whatever it takes to get your attention because this is a scripture that each of us need to come back to. The reality that the God of the universe, the creator of the ends of the earth, pours his love out on us. He lavishes his love on us. It's this this picture of of an extravagant or a generous love that he pours on us and that he calls us children of God. I mean, this isn't like God is sitting back saying, you know, oh yeah, I'm their dad. It's, you know, kind of their father. He's saying, no, 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 no. He said, that's my boy. That's my girl. It's like, it's like me at Maddox's deck hockey game this last weekend, and my, my Maddox is in the goal, and, and he's, he's making saves. And I'm like, that's my boy. That's my boy. That's my son. And that same love and excitement that I had toward Maddox, that's how God feels about you and about me. You see, listen today. I don't know where you've been or what you've done. I don't know the hurt you've caused or the life that you lived. But what I know today is that it doesn't matter that the creator of the ends of the earth is pouring his love out towards you and calling you a child of God. And so for many of us today, whether you're coming into this weekend and you're weary and you're tired, it's been a long week, it's been a long few months, or maybe you're in a place this weekend where you're feeling really good, listen, I want you to know today that the God of the universe, the creator of the ends of the earth, simply wants to say to you today that I love you. I love you. You're my child. I'm with you. I love you. You see, this passage of scripture is incredibly encouraging. It goes on to say this in verse two. It says, dear friends, now we are children of God. Notice it says now. It's not tomorrow. It's not when Jesus returns. It's now. You are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. 
But we know that when Christ appears, not if Christ appears, but when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I mean, this is a beautiful picture of the hope that we have, that when Jesus returns, because he is returning, that we will see him and we will be like him. It says we will see him as he is. Listen, for those who don't know Jesus, those who who haven't placed their faith in him, they're going to see him as well. But their response is going to be very different. In fact, Scripture talks about a, a response that is, that is marked by fear and terror in the presence of Jesus. But listen, you and I, who have been the recipients of God's incredibly generous love, who are called children of God, we're going to see Jesus as he is. You see, this is the hope that we have. This is the hope that we have, that, that we are children of God who have encountered God's lavish love for us, to have the hope that Jesus is returning. But see, this is when this passage of Scripture gets a little bit challenging. This is when God moves from a place of encouraging us to saying, hey, let's take a next step. I have more for you. And listen to the words of verse 3. He says this, All who have this hope, who have this hope that we are children of God, who have encountered His love, who have the hope that Jesus is returning, He says, All who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as he is pure. In other words, what John is saying is, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, who are children of God, who have encountered his love, he's saying, listen, we need to take steps to purify ourselves, just as Jesus is pure. In other words, because we've encountered God's great love, John is writing to, his, to the believers here that you and I must reciprocate that love to him by seeking to live holy Lives, lives that are marked by purity, just like Jesus. And that's what he goes on to say in verse 14. This is when it gets tough, so stick with me. He says this, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that even he, Jesus, appeared so that he might take away our sins. That's really good news. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him, in Jesus, keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. He says, dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he, Jesus, is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the very beginning, The reason the Son of God appeared, listen to this, was to destroy the devil's work. Finally, in verse 9, it says, No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning, because they have been born of God. This is tough stuff, isn't it? I mean, it's clear from this passage that those of us who know Jesus, who are children of God, who have encountered his love, it's very clear that our lives can and should look different as a result of following him. In other words, when we encounter Jesus, the ways in which we live, the sin in which we continue to walk in over and over and over, those things should change. And the reality is, is, is it's not just it should change out of our own effort. The, God has, throughout Scripture, tells us He has given us everything we need to live a holy life. In fact, if you look at 2 Peter chapter 1, it actually says that. It says, but God has given us everything we need to live a holy life. 
In Philippians chapter 2, it actually says this. It's a beautiful passage of scripture where it says, For God is working in you. God, through the Holy Spirit, who, who indwells us when we place our faith in Jesus, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You see, God is working in us, both to desire, but also to give us the power to be free from sin. But here's the deal. Although he's given us the ability, the power through his Holy Spirit, the reality is we get to choose. We get to choose. You know, we have a God who is a gentleman who sits back and he says, listen, I've given you everything you need, but you get to choose. And this is really significant. This is why John is writing in verses four through nine uh, to, to the believers where he's saying, listen, this, this is what God is calling us to. And because we have received his love, let us reciprocate that love by walking in obedience to him. What John is saying is a truth that all of us need to understand today, and it's this truth that how we live, the decisions that we make, how we live reveals whom we love. How we live today, the decisions we make, how we live reveals whom we love. Now, to be clear, every follower of Jesus sins. Scripture is very clear. We all fall short of the glory of God. And that's why John, if you go back to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, he goes on to tell the believers, this, this is an encouragement, at least for me, I'm certain for you, that if, it says if we confess our sins, even as followers of Jesus, we're going to fall in sin. But he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And not just forgive us our sins. Oh, no, no, no. It goes on to say, and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. I mean, this is really good news. But the reality is today, although we can be forgiven when we confess our sins, although we can be washed clean, the reality is if you and I today, as children of God, as followers of Jesus, find ourselves repeatedly engaging in the same sin over and over and over and over, if our lives don't look different as a result of walking with God and encountering His love, that should be a major red flag for you and for me. You see, the beauty is Jesus did come to pay the penalty for our sins, but Jesus also came to break the power of sin in our lives so that we could indeed live holy lives. And that's what John is saying as he writes to the followers of Jesus in 1 John chapter 4. You see, how we live reveals whom we love. And as people of God who have encountered the love of God, the way that we can express that love to him is by simply being obedient. In fact, you may go, well, Justin, where does it say that? Well, actually, Jesus is the one who said those words. If you look at John chapter 14, he says it very directly in two different spaces in John chapter 14. I want to read verse 15 to you where he says this, if you love me, this is when you're intent on going, okay, God, I love you. I, what do I do? If I love you, tell me what's next. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, Jesus says, obey my commandments. Later on in verse 21, he says, whoever has my commandments, scripture, whoever has my commandments and obeys them, it goes on to say that he is the one who loves 
You see, how we live reveals whom we love. But it's also important for us to understand as we think about obedience and what it means to to not fall into sin. When we look at obedience, we obey for one of two reasons. We see this with our kids, right? We either obey out of fear or out of love. And what I want you to know today, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are a child of God, the reality today for us is that obedience is an issue of love. Obedience is an issue of love. You see, listen to these words what the apostle writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says this, For the Christ love compels us. For Christ's love compels us, both his love for them, but also their love being expressed back to God. It says, for Christ's love compels us, for we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he, Jesus, died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again to life. You see, obedience is an issue of love. And as we, as followers of Jesus, who love God, who want to offer our all to God, what we're saying is, Lord, we love you so much that we're going to put our our desires aside and we're simply going to live for you. Jesus says, if you love me, obey my commands. And what John is saying here in chapter 3, verses 4 through 9, he's saying, listen, if you love God, if you walk with God, if you want to encounter all that God has for you, obey his commandments. They're not restrictions on us. They're they're a God who said, I created you. I know what's best for you. So if you'll just trust me, you'll walk into more of my love and more than you could ever ask or imagine. But it comes down to, will we express that love back to God? Because obedience is an issue of love. You know, Jesus demonstrated this perfectly throughout his life. Josh said that last week, that Jesus provides a perfect model for love. And the reality is we look at Jesus' life. Jesus was radically obedient to the Father. Why? Because he loved his Father. In fact, there's a portions of Scripture where Jesus literally says, he is so surrendered, he's so obedient to the will of the Father, that he says, I only say what I hear the Father saying. I only do what I see the Father doing. And not only that, Jesus is obedient to the point of death. Death on a cross. And it's that same sense of love and surrender and obedience that John is writing to his believer, to the believers, inviting them into. It's the same sense of obedience and surrender that God is inviting you and I into today and in the season ahead. But the good news is all we need is love. All we need is his love to be reminded of who we are in him, our identity as children of God and his spirit within us. And in that place, he gives us all we need so that we can choose obedience, to choose to show who we love by the decisions that we make. You see, our lives reveal whom we love. And obedience is an issue of love. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus demonstrates this love, both for the Father, but also for us. And this is what it says. It says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. It was a love for us, yes, but it was a deep, surrendered love for the Father. He said, I've surrendered. I'm laying my life down for your people. And he goes on to say, and we ought to lay our lives down for our brothers 
and our sisters. I see how we live reveals whom we love. And obedience is an issue of love. And so as we close today, I want to read one more verse of Scripture, verse 18. And then I want to lead us just into a moment of reflection. And so let me read verse 18, and this is what it says. It says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and with truth. Let us not love with words or speech, which are important. We had moments today to worship through music, to lift our voices and our hands. It's important that we express our love to God with words and with speech and to other people. But he says, don't let that be it, he says, but with actions and in truth. And so today, listen, as we close, I want to invite you to do two things. First and foremost, I want to encourage you to to simply receive the love that the Father is lavishing on you. I invite you to take a moment to just simply sit in awe and wonder that the God of the universe, the creator of the ends of the earth, is looking at you today and he's saying, I loved you. You're my boy. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my princess. So sit in that. But secondly, I invite you to ask Holy Spirit to help you do an honest evaluation of your life. If you look at your life over the last month, maybe the last week or the last five months, ask yourself the question is, what does my life reveal about who I love? What does my life, Holy Spirit, reveal about who I love? And after you've done that, then just simply ask Holy Spirit, what are the spaces where you're inviting me to greater obedience? What are the spaces of repeated sin that I'm falling into that you want to set me free from? And then invite Holy Spirit into those spaces, understanding that he loves you, he cares about you, he can empower you to be free, and you can be free today to experience all that God has for you. You see, let us not just love with words or speech, but with actions and with truth. Let's pray together. So Heavenly Father, We are in awe of the great love that you have lavished on us, that we would be called children of God. And that is what we are today, God. And we are thankful for that. We're thankful for the hope that we have, that Jesus is indeed returning. And so God, in response to your love today, we offer ourselves to you. Father, I pray for each of us as we just simply sit in awe and wonder of your love for us and who we are in you. God, I pray that you also would would lead us to greater places of obedience. God, where, where we are walking in disobedience or we're just not free yet, Lord, may we encounter the power of your spirit. May we encounter your love in a new way. And may we walk in freedom. We give you all the glory and we thank you for your love today. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen and amen.
Child of God, I am a child. 
child of God And I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God And I'm no longer a slave to fear I a child of God Bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy Still my 
family. Thank you so much for taking time to join us in worship today. What a significant day that we've had together where we've been able to, to lean into uh, expressions of worship through song, through contemplative prayer, through a great word from Pastor Justin. And I hope that the Lord has spoke to you in one or all of these different expressions. And, and my prayer for you is that as we kind of go our separate ways this week, you would lean in so to one of these moments, maybe it's a time of personal worship or maybe a contemplative prayer time for you, but just to lean into what God has for you. My prayer for us is that we would be a people of love and that our love would speak largely about who we are and whose we are, who we belong to. So thanks for being here this week, and I hope you have a blessed week. Take care.